Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of Scouting 5, recapping scouting news from around the world for the week of April 15th, 2019. I'm Scouter Ken, and today I'm recording from St. Albert, Alberta. And if you happen to live in the province of Alberta, just a reminder, today, April uh, 16th, when I'm recording this, is provincial election day. So if you haven't already voted, get out and vote. If, you know, you're legally eligible to vote in the province of Alberta. Scouts BSA Troop 319 recently spent a cloudy March weekend along the sandy shoreline at Fort Flagler Historical State Park, which is in Washington State, scouring the beach for trash as part of a cleanup project. Um, They filled trash bags with all kinds of washed up waste, things from loose plastic foam, broken plastic, glass, a metal window that appeared to have come from a boat, all kinds of interesting finds. But even more interesting than that, was what they discovered when they rounded a corner about a mile from where they had set up camp. And they realized what the source was for a lot of the foam pieces that they had been collecting all the way up the beach because tangled in some bushes was a giant foam buoy. According to one of the girls in the group, it looked a little bit like a full-grown cow from far away. Uh, They were able ultimately to disentangle the buoy from the bushes and rolled it up the beach, carrying it over a hill then to a park ranger. A rescue operation happened last Saturday afternoon in Nash County, which is, I believe, in South Carolina, when a Boy Scout troop was stranded at a campground because of high water. There were about 130 scouts in total who had traveled from Greenville, and they were at Camp Charles when rainfall on Saturday washed out a road that they had actually used to get into the camp facility. Nash County emergency workers received a call around 2.30 p.m. that day, um, were notified of the situation. They were able to evacuate most of the scouts by canoe, although a handful were able to walk out over a small piece of land that hadn't actually been flooded yet. In Lincoln, Nebraska last Sunday, an event was held in the downtown core of the city showcasing artwork made by Girl Scouts and other local artists, and all of it was done to benefit the Girl Scouts in the area. Art Venture, as the event was called, was held at the Embassy Suites Hotel and brought in hundreds of people to eat, drink, and bid on art. The chair of the leadership committee for Girl Scouts in the region says they raised about $33,000 before the event and raised thousands more at it. Um, so, you know, whether it's going to be for programs or membership or other things, that money is all going to help the Girl Scouts out. Very well done to the Girl Scouts of Nebraska and the Lincoln area. Art Venture is apparently, at least for the girls in this region, the only fundraising event that they do. Although I wonder if that includes cookie sales. But uh, at any rate, Sunday, this last Sunday, was the 10th year that the event had been held. Zoe Rominger was in Girl Scouts last year. This year, she decided to take a chance on switching over to Cub Scouts because, of course, Scouts BSA opened up their membership, uh, the Cub Scouts membership to females actually in 2018, 2019. They've now opened up all sections to female membership, uh, which is a good thing for Rominger because her decision ultimately just paid off. Um, She earned her Arrow of Light Award, the first female recipient of the Arrow of Light and thereby stepped over, crossed over into what was known as Boy Scouts. Now it's called Scouts BSA. And Rominger, for her part, says she hopes her success will inspire others to do the same. If you've ever been to Camp Burton in Durango, Iowa, you probably know all about the Lodge. It's an older building. It has served local Boy Scout troops for literally decades. But this year, 
uh, officials with the Northeast Iowa Council of Scouts BSA have chosen to retire the structure and build a new cabin. The cabin is a major piece of history for scouts in the area. It was built in 1928 and was originally used for summer camps until about 1941. During that time, it was given the name Elliott Lodge after a local scout leader named Dick Elliott. Since then, it's basically been used for leadership. So that would be since 1941. It's been used for leadership training campouts and winter camps. Campsites throughout the area around it, in around Durango and Camp Burton, have been updated to make life, you know, a little bit more comfortable. Uh, Elliott Lodge is the rare exception. Amenities like running water and electricity have not made their way to the cabin. But this primitive nature is part of the reason why many scouts continue to be drawn to it. And I can completely relate to this. My rover crew maintained for the longest time a den, a a two-level cabin that sat on a sort of a little cliff or a bluff overlooking Lake Wobbeman in Alberta. Um, and it too had no running water, no electricity, although there was a hookup for a generator so we could at least power the lights, wood stove for heat, um, propane stove for cooking on. And it was, it was our retreat and it was our home base and it was a wonderful, wonderful place to go. Unfortunately, it's since been demolished, raised to the ground actually as one of the last official actions, um, of a scout camp that was subsequently sold off to the Mormon church and has been rebranded into a youth camp for uh, Mormon youth, although scouts can still go there. But um, there is something to be said for, you know, these old places that you can just go to and be at and not have a lot of the trappings of modernity to, uh, to weigh on your thoughts. At any rate, a team of volunteers will soon begin the destruction, the deconstruction of Elliott Lodge And this summer, a new structure will be built in its place by scouts and other volunteers. Nathan Brose is quick to speak up about the effects that Boy Scouts had on him when he was growing up in West Virginia. He became an Eagle Scout and his parents held many different volunteer positions within his own Boy Scouts troop in that state. He's so committed to the Boy Scouts now that he has actually um, been working for around half a decade as a scouting official in North Carolina, first from uh, an office in New Bern and now in... Rocky Mount. He's the district director for the Boy Scouts in Edgecombe and Nash counties and uh, just actually began that position at the beginning of this month. He's relocated to the twin counties because he, well, he he was promoted initially and uh, he also saw it as a chance to grow scouting in the region. He wants to increase membership in the two counties. There's currently about 550 scouts between the two counties and he'd like to add at least another 150 kids this year. And he and other officials are working on a plan to do so, to increase involvement in scouting, um, mainly by bringing the program or awareness of the program to schools in the area. Always nice to recognize the efforts of volunteers, especially those who are, you know, really committed to growing the scouting movement. And similarly, in one more volunteer-related story, at a weekend ceremony um, just this past Saturday or Sunday, I actually did not write that down and I apologize, 10 newly inducted Eagle Scouts from Chicago's Troop 79 were given one final memento, a bumper sticker that read, I survived Mr. Zed. And that is because their hardest challenge, as they will tell it, (laughs) in becoming Eagle Scouts was meeting the high expectations of Jim Zoipolos, better known as Mr. Zed. Zoipolos himself uh, immigrated to the U.S. from Greece in his late 60s. He now lives in the Gold Coast neighborhood of Chicago and has spent most of his life involved with the Boy Scouts. He was a Sea Scout. Uh, back in Greece and when he immigrated to the U.S. in the early 70s to go to college in Michigan 
he, you know, continued his involvement with scouting there. Um, he's also, you know, worked for many years in the insurance and financial planning industries, retired eight years ago. He works hand in hand with each aspiring Eagle Scout in the troop and has spent um, at least 100 hours with these 10 boys as they planned and completed community service projects that range from fixing up a flooded library at a CPS school to revitalizing community gardens in various parks around the city. Scouts, on average, in the U.S. take about six months to conduct an Eagle Scout project, and they have to complete this before they turn 18. They also have to receive various badges in areas ranging from forestry to emergency preparedness to reach the rank. Usually, about two to five boys in a troop will become Eagles in a year, uh, but Troop 79, crowning 10 Eagle Scouts this year, uh, actually beat their best record. And the records go back to about the 90s. It's usually rare for more than about a dozen Scouts in the same troop to reach the rank at the same time. So, you know, 10 is a, a pretty significant atri- achievement. The bumper stickers were given out, ah, there I did write it down, Saturday, after the Scouts induction at the 4th Presbyterian Church in Chicago, which also featured a speech by State Senate President John Cullerton. Zoipolos, for his part, was also given a surprise Lifetime Achievement Award for his long work shaping dozens of boys and teens for into Eagle Scouts for the more than 80-year-old troop. The troop currently has 70 Scouts and parents involved from around Chicago and its suburbs. And that is all the news I have for this week. Thank you again for listening, and until next time, be prepared.